Okay, so we're back. Time to talk about the truth about communists and how they see black people from a former communist. Black communist leader exposes the truth of the racial divide. All right. Manning Johnson, a black born a black man born in 1908, joined the Communist Party USA in 1930, where he served as a national organizer of the Trade Uni Trade Unity League from 1931 to 1932. He served as the district agitation propaganda director for Buffalo, New York, and was district organizer for Buffalo from 1932 to 1934. In 1935, Johnson ran as community party's candidate for New York's 22nd congressional district for the U.S. House of Representatives from 1936 to 1939. He served on the party's National Committee, National Trade Union Commission, and Negro Commission. Despite his notable status, Johnson left the Communist Party in 1939. Johnson explained that some of the biggest factors to his departure included his original religiosity, the party's promotion of Soviet ne Soviet Negro Republic, in the Black Belt of the United States, the, ins the insanity of the party in saving the Scottsboro's boys, and finally, the Hitler-Stalin Pact of 1939. Additionally, Johnson saw that the communists were using Black Americans as pawns in their hope that a bloody racial conflict would split America. After leaving the party, Johnson became a government informant and witness testifying to eight, in 18 to 20 cases by his own estimation. In 1958, he published Color, Communism, and Common Sense, detailing the Communist Party's tactics for infiltrating the African-American community and inciting racial division in the United States, paving the way for a communist takeover in America. Shortly after publishing the book, Johnson died in an automobile accident on June 22nd, 26, 1959. The information he provides in this book is eerily similar to and as much has to say about the state of America in 2020. Johnson shares that the goal of the communist agents in the early 20th century was to cripple the black community in America and incite racial division. This division would consequently weaken the nation as a whole and provide the opportunity for communists to gain power. He writes that white communists infiltrated black communities by presenting themselves as allies of the black cause. They preached that black Americans were oppressed and offered liberation as a guise for their communist agenda. Okay. White leftists descended on Negro communities like locusts posing as friends come to help liberate their black brothers. Along with these white communist missionaries came the Negro political Uncle Tom's to ally the Negro distrust and fears of these strangers. Everything was interracial and interracialism artificially created, cleverly devised as camouflage of the red plot to use the Negro. And that's basically what he's saying is it was a, uh, it wasn't real. Just like the white liberals of today, they don't really care about black people. They care to use them. Okay. Pretend to be their friend, but you don't see the blood coming out of your back from the knife when they put in it. Despite how they portrayed themselves, the communists never did anything to advance the well-being of the black population, kind of similar to the Democrats of today. However, they gained power and money by parroting and hiding behind the cause of civil rights. The communists 
placed all the responsibility of, for the condition of the African-American community on the white man. Johnson noted that this victimhood mindset strips black individuals of agency, discouraging initiate and initiative and responsibility. Exactly what's happening today. The placing of the repository of everything right and just among the darker races is a dastardly communist trick to use race as a means of grabbing and enslaving the whole community. <clears throat> Moscow's Negro tools in the incitement of racial warfare place all the ills of the Negro at the door of the white leaders of America. Capitalism and imperialism are made symbols of oppressive white rule in keeping with instructions from the Kremlin. To one familiar with red trickery, it is, it is obvious that placing the blame for all Negroes' ills at the door of white leaders in America is to remove all responsibility from the Negro. This tends to make the Negro feel sorry for himself, blame others for their failures, ignore the countless opportunities around him, jealous of the, of the progress of other racial and national groups, expect the white man to do everything for him, look for easy and quick solutions as a substitute for the harsh realities of competitive struggle to get ahead. Okay. The result is a persecution complex, a warped belief that the white man's prejudice, the white man's system, the white man's government is responsible for everything. Such a belief is the way the Reds plan it. For the next logical step is hate that can be used by the Reds to accomplish their ends. Despite all the promises, plans, and solutions, Johnson's understood that the communists were only, only fanning the flames of racial tension in order to raise money, which they poured into promoting more tension instead of using it to benefit black communities. The fact that the Reds have never contributed anything tangible to the progress of the Negro is overlooked, though the Reds have collected millions of dollars as a result of race incitement. Like the Communist Party, the NAACP has collected millions of dollars through exploited, exploitation of race issues. The bigger the race issue, the bigger the appeal, and the bigger the contributions. Yet one cannot find any report of any of this money being spent for factories and shops to provide jobs, land, and home construction, specialized training for talented youth, hospitals, convalescent homes, classes, and sanitation, and personal hygiene care, and upkeep of property, combating crime and juvenile delinquency centers to aid Negro youth in preparing to meet the stiff employment competition in science and industry. It is then no accident that the NAACP is dubbed the National Association of the Agitation of Colored People. Let's read that again. The National Association for the Agitation of Colored People. The record speaks for itself, millions of for agitation, not one cent for those that win the respect and acclaim of other races and national groups. Johnson's words from the 1958 seemingly prophesy the events of the 2020. Modern leftists of both races have artificially inflamed and exploited racial division for profit. Former NFL player Colin Kaepernick gained fame by kneeling during the national anthem in protest of police brutality and has made millions off the fame, securing an exclusive advertising deal with Nike and a recently signed partnership with Disney. Additionally, organizations like Black Lives Matter collect millions in donations while doing nothing to practically advance black communities. Johnson also writes that politicians would exploit racial divisions for votes, a practice continued by Democrats today. Many white Northern politicians 
objectively aid the rapidly deteriorating racial situation through the exploitation of leftist propaganda to garner Negro votes. They care not a tinker's damn about the Southern Negro and simply flatter the Northern Negro whom they consider a gullible fool. Getting elected and reelected is their only concern. The Democrat Party has maintained power in black communities for decades. While those communities continue to suffer from poor economies and high crime rates, Democrats claim to fight for black people while doing nothing for their well-being. Because the communists were not truly on the side of the black community, they had to squash any voices who called them out on their hypocrisy. Any whites who opposed the communist agenda were accused of white supremacy, while black opponents were labeled Uncle Toms. Johnson, in a long but invaluable section of his book, reveals that this is not a new practice. At the root of all the present racial trouble is interference in the eternal affairs of the Southern states by people not at all interested in an amicable settlement of any problems arising between the Negro and white Americans. This interference comes from organizations and individuals in the North seeking to use the Negro. Among them are found communists, crypto-communists, fuzzy-headed liberals, eggheads, pacifists, idealists, civil disobedience advocates, socialists, do-gooders, conniving politicians, self-seekers, muddled-headed humanitarians, adult-brained intellectuals, crackpots, and plain meddlers. Like missionaries, they descend on the South obstinately to change or to benefit the Negro. In fact, and in impact and in implication, all of them seek to bypass the responsible white and Negro leaders in the South to effect a solution. Basically, any black or white person that actually genuinely cares for the black community and wants to give practical solutions, the Democrats don't want nothing to do with them because they make their money off the problems of the black community, not making solutions. They're just as bad as the racist Republicans. They employ a pattern of setting up provocative situations which flame and agitate the white populace and then using it as propaganda here and abroad against the South in a particular and all America in general. White Southerners who oppose these missionaries are pounced upon and labeled as race baiters. Reactionaries, Ku Kluxers, white supremacist persons outside the law and so forth, Negro Southerners who oppose these missionaries are also attacked and labeled Uncle Tom's traitors of the race, handkerchief heads, white folk, n-words and so forth obviously such name calling is a deliberate attempt on part of the missionaries to scuttle all the progress made by the negroes since slavery by creating an atmosphere of distrust fear and hate no wonder a lot of people did not like martin luther king he wanted to make blacks victims like a witch stirring her brew the missionaries stir up all the section on racial bitterness that arose in the wake of the civil war and reconstruction they open old wounds they thumb the pages of, clo of closed chapters. They rake over the dying embers of old grudges and old grievances, old fears and old hates that time has been gradually consigning to history. In the onward sweep of a young, lusty, healthy and growing nation, labeling opponents is a specialty of the Reds. Smear is a cardinal technique. Any label found in the Red stockpile, you may be sure is carefully made and selected to draw the maximum hate to the person or persons, the group or the organization to which it's attached. The use of such labels has a tendency to divide America. Nothing in my opinion would please the aforementioned weird assortment of missionaries more than a divided America, unless it is a Soviet America. They are forever predicting it at the same time, working tirelessly to bring it about. Modern leftists still employ this tactic today. 
The Republican Party has been smeared as a party of racism, as the media constantly accuses conservatives, particularly President Trump, of white supremacy. Well, um, Trump, okay, here's the thing about uh, Trump. He uh, dropped the ball when it came to the Central Park Five. Instead of apologizing for uh, his part in stirring up the hatred towards the Central Park Five, who were the five boys guilty of rape, but they were found innocent thanks to the Innocence Project, who tested their DNA, and they found that they did not grape that woman. It was Matias Reyes, who was um, the one who graped that woman and who was found guilty due to DNA testing. Okay, and instead of apologizing to those boys, what did Trump do? He sided with Linda Fairstein. Okay, when it came to the fact of Roe v. Wade being overturned, Mary Miller, who was endorsed by Trump, said the overturning of Roe v. Wade was a victory for white life. What happened to all lives matter? Did Trump check her? No, he did not. The Republicans in the crowd cheered, and he didn't open his mouth for anything. Additionally, black conservatives are frequently labeled coons and Uncle Toms. In fact, conservative author and commentator Larry Elder recently produced a documentary titled Uncle Tom Exploring This Exact Phenomenon. Black conservatives in the public eye, like Elder, Candace Owens. She's another one. Jesse Lee Peterson. There's a scandal with him. Uh, ben Carson and even Kanye West. <laughs> Do I even have to go into Kanye West? Are often smeared as Uncle Toms by their leftist opposition. Okay. Johnson goes on to share how the communists would highlight racial division and emphasize incidents of racist violence while downplaying racial progress to cultivate a victimhood mentality among blacks in America. Moreover, while they talk about the racial strife in America as providing grist for Moscow propaganda mills, they are busy creating it. They are carefully to hide the fact that they are responsible for the provocations of extremists as, as was the case in Little Rock. In all red propaganda here and abroad, such acts of extremists are made the symbol of the treatment of the Negro in America. It also is the red smear pot in which all opponents of a forthwith solution of race problem are tossed. The fact is that the majority of white Southerners are opposed to extremists. All white Southern juries have convicted some of them as troublemakers, and the white Southern judges have sentenced some of them to long prison terms. This is deliberately ignored by ignored or played down by the leftists. These facts, too, ignored or played down by the leftist missionaries and irresponsible crusaders in political warfare. It seems a cardinal principle to credit your enemy with only that which will hasten the build up for his destruction. The media of public information is far from free of communists and fellow travelers, travelers who operate under the guise of liberation. They are ready at all times to do an effective smear job. Among these red tools may be found editorial writers, columnists, news commentators, and analysts in the press, radio, and television. They go overboard in giving up, giving top news coverage to racial incidents fomented by the leftists and also these incidents that are interpreted so as to show biased attitudes of whites against Negroes. This is a propaganda hoax aimed not at helping a Negro, but to casting America in a bad light in order to destroy its, pre its prestige and influence abroad thereby aiding Soviet Russia in the penetration of conquest of Asia and Africa. 
Thus, all racial progress based upon understood goodwill, friendship, and mutual cooperation built up a painful over the, over the years is wiped out. White Americans are set against Negro Americans and vice versa. The stage is thus set for the opening of a dark and bloody era in Negro and white relations. Many white Northern politicians objectively aid the rapidly deteriorating racial situation through the exploitation of leftist propaganda to garner Negro votes. They care not a tinker dams about the Southern Negro and simply flatter the Negro whom they consider a gullible fool. Modern leftists likewise seek to define the African-American experience exclusively by horribly yet rare incidents of violence against blacks at the hands of whites, specifically white cops. Following the tragic murders of Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, many prominent democratic politicians and celebrities wasted no time in painting the picture of these murders reflected the treatment of blacks across America. Well, that is true. There are incidents of um, racism against blacks, okay? That is true. Okay, and people have a right to open their mouths about this, okay? Ahmed Arbery, I mean, Candace Owens, she basically said that uh, Ahmed Arbery was a burglar when he wasn't. He was jogging and he went into a construction site. The home wasn't even built. The the the, the person who's going to live in that home that I just mentioned was a construction site, he said that that it's a construction site. It's not I, I don't even live there. It's a construction site. It's not a built home. And surveillance that shows Ahmed Arbery going into that construction site, you show different people throughout the day. Black, white, Asian, Chinese going in and out of that construction site. Okay? The McMichaels was just looking for a reason to kill kill a black man, and they did. And Candace Owens made it look like he was a, 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 a criminal when he wasn't. And even a black conservative had to call her out on it. Like I said, Republicans are just as bad. Candace Owens is their uh, Klan member with a tan. Additional statements include watching his life being taken in the same manner, echoing nearly the same words as Eric Garner. More than five years ago, I can't breathe. It's a tragic reminder. Well, <clears throat> tragic reminder that this was not an isolated incident, but part of an ingrained systematic cycle that exists in our country. Joe Biden. Well, you know, Joe Biden, we know, is scum, just like Trump. All right. Being black in America should not be a death sentence. Well, I, hearing from Joe Biden, I can't really respect him because when it came to uh, Tyree Nichols, he disrespected his mother by calling him Tyler. He wouldn't like that if someone disrespected um, his son that was that passed and mispronounced his name. That is. Hey, and also Joe Biden has slave have slave owners in his family tree. All right. This does not necessarily mean that LeBron James is a communist. In fact, Manning Johnson reveals that communists would manipulate progressives and liberals to spread their propaganda. Significantly, there is only one highly organized, trained and disciplined force, and that is the communists. So they are able to use, manipulate, and combine this weird assortment of leftist missionaries in one way or another to bring about a social, excuse me, upheaval, which will 
plow up Southern institutions to their roots. An essential tenet of the communist strategy was the destruction of black businesses. Black communities could not have strong independent economies because they would undermine the communist argument that they were oppressed by the white man. According to Johnson, they schemed to ensure that black people were dependent on white businesses and on the U.S. government. And on the U.S. government, if the black community was thriving, they wouldn't be susceptible to the communist victimhood propaganda. As discussed earlier, the communists fostered a, per a persecution complex, a, a warped belief that white man's prejudices, the white man's system, the white man's government is responsible for everything. Independent black owned businesses were detrimental to this complex, Johnson writes. The Negro businessman has always been a chief target of the Reds. They despise him because of his conservatism. They label him a tool of the white imperialists, an enemy of Negro masses. Such labels are reserved for those Reds plan to liquidate since the, I'm sorry, and since the Negro businesses, businessman is an inspiration and example to other Negroes to take advantage of the countless opportunities of free enterprise system, <clears throat> he is therefore an object of derision by the communists. An enthusiastic response of the Negro to appeal and to the appeal and opportunities of Negro businesses is a carnal bulwark against communism. Consequently, the Reds seek to discredit, discourage, and liquidate Negro business. Only during the period of the Popular Front did the Reds cease their attack on Negro business in order to link the Negro banker, broker, realtor, businessman, merchant, lawyer, physician, preacher, worker, and farmer with Bolshevism well, Bolshevism under the guise of National Negro Congress. Basically, the Reds' policy is now and always has been anti-Negro business. The fact that Negro businesses is sustained in the main by Negro patronage and that, ex that it exists almost entirely in the Negro community makes it vulnerable to attack by the Reds. They term it a product of segregation, social isolation, the ghetto. And to the Reds, use example of sharp competition between small and big business to discourage Negro entry into the general arena. So basically, you know, target anything that could bring hope to a black person in the black community. Oh, you want to build your own business? Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Oh, no, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that at all. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. You being independent of the government and having your own business, that's bad. Be poor. Be a single mother. Be a gangster. Be a drug dealer. Be a rapper that works for the CIA to be a CIA asset to uh, bring the masses down with an alphabet lifestyle behavior. Glorify poor choices. Look down on blacks who have education or think differently from you and have aspirations and actually want to put them into practice. Call him a white, call him, say he's talking white if he speaks to King James English. You know, all that stuff. While there were many peaceful protests following the murder of George Floyd, there was also violent riots in nearly every major city across America. Businesses were looted and communities were destroyed. The leftist message parroted by the media was that only large insured corporations like Target were subject to looting. This is false. The brunt of the physical and financial destruction caused by these riots were, was borne by the communists' greatest enemy, black-owned small businesses. Let's see about this. Hold on a second. Problem that bothers me, you says 
Black Lives Matter. How did you say that? I've worked here part time. Plus, I'm a part owner of this store. You said Black Lives Matter. Why don't you choke me? I'm black. Tell him, sister. Look what you did to my store. Tell him, sister. No. Look what sister. you did to my oh, store. Tell him, sister. That's right, because I got their back. These are my dudes right here. Good men. See? They always attack. You ever notice with these riots, they're always attacking black business. They never attack white neighborhoods. They never attack white neighbors. They're always attacking black businesses. Things you've done. Good man. Look. The Black Lives Matter. We've been here all night cleaning up. All night cleaning. Because we got black people now. I'm going to play this again. That barbers mean you says Black Lives Matter. I've worked here part time. Plus, I'm a part owner of this store. You said Black Lives Matter. Why don't you choke me? I'm black. Tell him, sister. Look what you did to my store. Tell him, sister. No. Look what you did to my store. Tell him, sister. That's right, because I got their back. These are my dudes right here. Good men. Look at the things you've done. Good men. Look. much pretty much democrats don't care about don't care about blacks just like the republicans violent racial conflict was the goal of the communists to divide america weaken it and make it ripe for communist takeover black rebellion was what moscow wanted bloody racial conflict would split america during the confusion and demoralization and panic would set in then finally the reds say workers stop work many of them seize arms by attacking arsenals Many had armed themselves. Street fights become frequent. Under the leadership of the Communist Party, the workers organized revolutionary committees to be in command of the uprising. Armed workers seized the principal government offices, invade the residences of the president and his cabinet members, arrest them, declare the old regime abolished, establish their own power. While it may seem conspiratorial, we should not underestimate the inf influence of communists and Marxists in America today. Socialism is now viewed as favorable by millennials and Generation Z, with popular Democrat politicians like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders openly advocating for it. Marxism has spread through universities and left-wing activism, and one of the founders of Black Lives Matter has openly said, we are trained Marxists. Let's take a look at this. He was concerned or is concerned that uh, that there's a lack of perhaps uh, uh, ideological direction in Black Lives Matter that would allow it to be to 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 fizzle out. And as he said, um, uh, in comparison to Occupy Wall Street, uh, as you are are advanced in your own organization, as you all are headed to Cleveland to participate in this Black Lives um, Movement conference. How do you respond to that particular critique? Again, a loving critique from an elder of the struggle uh, that some others share, uh, that I've even shared as well, to, to be frank, as a concern about 
in part because of the co-optation and, and the appropriation, that, that a, a more clear ideological um, structuring might be of some value here. But how do you respond to, to, to those kinds of, again, loving criticisms? Um, I think that the criticism is helpful. Um, I also think that it might, um, I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. We should acknowledge the information shared by Manning Johnson and recognize that communism is still a threat to the American liberty, and it is a threat that we should take seriously and address accordingly. Too few Americans in our day have the courage of their convictions. Too few will fly in the face of leftist opposition. Too few will stand up for truth in the face of the ominous and destructive storm of Me Tooism or the communist ideological regimentation that hangs like a pall over our country. Many take the attitude that it is better to be safe than sorry or conclude after a little difficulty or severe reverse that if you can't beat them, join them. The words God, country, and prosperity have lost much of its substance and are becoming only a shadow in the hearts and minds of many Americans. Johnson's entire book, which I encourage everyone to read, can be freely viewed at manningjohnson.org. And that's it. That is it, all right? And it is time that blacks wake up and see the enemy that it lies within the Democratic and Republican parties, okay? And to do for self and to work on business, to band together with those blacks that are willing to work for what they want and willing to compete in the job market that are not gonna put up with the victimhood propaganda spewed by mainstream media okay, that are for actually winning this race war. And when I mean seriously, you're no longer gonna be for the um, taking women to the Planned Parenthood. You're gonna be advocating to have Planned Parenthood be shut down. Well, you know, that's not all what Planned Parenthood does, but the bulk of their money comes from the leading babies, especially black babies, okay? that blacks are gonna stand for a traditional family and they don't care who it hurts. If family members wanna act a fool and say, how could you be against uh, the woke agenda? Just tell them you're tired of your streets looking like war zones. You're tired of the fact of, uh, you know, children constantly being targeted by alternative mafia lifestyle groups. Tell them that. You're tired of your image of a black of a black man being effeminate or a gangster or a criminal being constantly put on mainstream television or put in TV shows like Snowfall and glamorized. That that's what a black man is supposed to be if you're a child in the ghetto. Instead of being looked upon as a black man to find something that within TV or literature that pushes a positive image of a black man. 
tell them that. Tell them you're mad as hell and you actually want to fight against white supremacy the, the right way. Boycotting TV shows that put blacks in a negative light. How many times do you have to see black gangster movies? How many times do you have to see a movie of a black woman constantly being portrayed as a loose, socially acceptable prostitute? How many times do we have to have constant movies put in a theater like that? Aren't you sick of that? Aren't you tired of that? I mean, they put in our faces Fleece Johnson. Fleece Johnson. Like, what he says is entertainment. Him graping other men. Like, that's entertainment. Like, that's somebody that should be looked up to. Or the fact that he passed around a female correction officer. Hmm? But black women are talking about protect black women. Hmm? Aren't you tired of your image being pushed around as nothing more than a degenerate or a sex object? Don't don't you feel that enough is enough? Aren't you tired of what Hollywood is pushing as propaganda? And both parties are working on this. Oh, the Republican Party, they're there to help. No, they're not. The Democrats are to make blacks look like victims, and the Republicans are there to point the finger and, and to shame you. That's what it is. They work together. It's a team effort. One plays good cop, the other plays bad cop. The Democrats are the good cops, the Republicans are the bad cops. Malcolm X said, the foxes and the wolves. The wolf is a Republican. They hate your guts. They're the bad guy. The foxes are the Democrats. They pretend to like you, but they hate your guts just as more. But they want to use you to play victim, that you can't do anything without the help of the white man. And make other races look at you and look at you with disgust and disdain. That you can't do anything for yourself. Look at the black man. Look at the black woman. Look at her, how she's loose on television. Look at how she portrays herself on television. Okay. Look how she is in Swarm. That Netflix series. Look how she proudly just deletes her kids. And shouts her abortion like Oprah. You know, when immigrants come over here, before they even get to America, get out of, you know, the compound, wherever they are, they let they show a video of blacks. Oh, don't mess with these blacks. Don't be with these blacks. They portray images of us as gangsters and criminals. And they put that into the minds of immigrants, and that's how they keep breeding the, the hate. They keep breeding the racism. All right. Even with the music, there's a um, there's Clear Channel, right? Clear Channel Outdoor. You can't even get a choice in the music you want to listen to. 
All right. They control the music. They want you listening to hip hop or some really crappy artist 24 seven. You're going to listen to it and think that's a good choice. Okay. And have you thinking these new rappers could best the ones during the nineties or the early two thousands. I don't really listen to hip hop as much and much of music, not that much because it's all engineered and controlled now. And most of it was negative anyway, after you find out that hip hop was just a psyop to divide America and to increase the prison, private prison business with blacks and minorities. Okay. Using puppets like NWA. Okay. Jay-Z, Kanye West, Young Thug. I talked about that before. I think blacks, you know, really have to understand the war that they're in. And Chris Rock said this also. There is a civil war in the black community between blacks and undesirable blacks, the subculture blacks, the ones that want to just sell drugs, glorify that, who want to steal, rob, and kill, and then blame the white man for everything. The blacks that want to be victims because there's perks in being a victim. That's why some of them like the Democratic Party. There really is a civil war. The blacks who want progress and the blacks that just want progress in name only, the progressives. All right. So all I got to say, um, I'm on Rumble, I'm on Spotify. And um, this is Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. I think I've said a mouthful. Anything else you want to know about this channel is in the description box later.